Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. The kids who are sick cannot do the hip-hop anymore. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. You should withdraw that, and if you don't, we will have to do it on the floor of the Senate. Uh, you bet you are. Uh, you bet I am. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I swear to Christ, Lucy, get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. G'day and welcome to The Curb, the podcast that's all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly part of the Oscast Network. Head over to OzCastNetwork.com to listen to other great shows like the Yeager Day podcast and Apple Slice podcast, and really all great shows that are Australian. This podcast is also recorded on the lands of the Wadjuk people of Perth region and I pay respects to their elders both past, present and emerging. On this episode... Well, I decided to take a little bit of a focus on something that I'm very passionate about, which is Movember. It's a cause which I've been supporting for, well, about six years now, six, seven years now, and uh, I've managed to raise $2,500 for the cause over those years. Uh, One of my best years, I'd managed to raise $1,000, which was fantastic. Uh, This year's goal for me at least is $500 and hopefully uh, you know if you listen to this particular episode and you get a bit of insight into what Movember means to me and what Movember actually means to the men around the world uh, then hopefully you'll be able to chip in and support my uh, goal of reaching $500. So I interviewed one of the guys who works at the Australian branch of Movember. Owen Brigstock Barron, he is previously uh, from the UK and we find out a little little bit about his history at the beginning of the the episode here, Uh, but he works doing the lead for mental health and suicide prevention and exploring all of that with Movember. And I think there's a lot to gain from this particular discussion. I, I certainly got a lot from it, uh, and I really, really found it very, very interesting. So hopefully you find it very interesting as well. If you are interested in supporting the cause, then head over to mobro.co forward slash the curb au. I'll stick a link in the show notes, and I'll remind you at the end as well uh, where you can really support this great, great cause. Let's take a brief moment and listen to some music, and then we'll be back with the interview. Time you're walking down the street Give a listen to the man on the corner Well, I bet you he once believed He'd sing that for thousands all over There's a, a ton of talk over the last, let's say, five plus years about stigma and reducing stigma and just talking about stigma doesn't reduce stigma What reduces stigma is talking to people about your feelings and your emotions and sharing your stories and when you start doing that, you start educating each other. 
how long have you been in Australia for as well? And when did you move here? Yeah. To? So, so like I suppose my November journey started in 2017. I've been in Melbourne for a long time, um, involved in November in the UK, and then I, I saw an opportunity to move here to do what well, I saw the opportunity to work in mental health and suicide prevention. And obviously having that connection with November as a fundraiser, um, I kind of felt like it was a really amazing place to work and get involved with. Um, so I used to work in the government in, the, in England, in the UK, and I saw the opportunity in Melbourne and I applied for the role. So I've been here for, I moved here in August 2017, so just over a year now actually, a year and a bit. So it's been a, an amazing uh, November Australian adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I well, uh, first of all as well, I should probably um, say as well, uh, if you can let um, people know what your particular role is with Movember as well, it would be fantastic. Uh, it would be great, yeah. Yeah, so, so my, my role here, I'm the, the Global Program Lead for Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. And so the best way of describing what, what we do as an organisation, obviously we, we fundraise Movember, the campaign, um, raises is an annual a month-long fund, fundraising campaign, and then the foundation is the is the leading dedicated charity arm of, of what we do. And so my work is looking at all the funding we raise over our campaign months and throughout the year. How do we best spend that those dollars in a way that improves men's health? So you know, across prostate cancer and testicular cancer, and my and my subject area, mental health and suicide prevention. So. As we're a global charity, we're investing in projects across the globe, but also obviously here in Australia. And um, so that's the, kind of what my role is to look at, where are our best opportunities to reach the most men, to have the biggest impact and make the biggest change in mental health. And I, I, that's part of the reason why I like supporting Movember. I, I personally got started because... Uh, of the prostate cancer, my family has a history of prostate cancer, so mm-hmm. uh, I figured, look, I should probably uh, engage in something that that does something to help out with research in that field, and yeah. and then the mental health and suicide prevention, um, you know, that's been around a long uh, with part of Movember for a long period of time, but it's kind of become a major thing in the past, well, few years in Australia at least, where you know, I, I I don't need to tell you that uh, suicide is a it's a major thing, cause of death uh, in young folks in Australia. Um, but I'm curious uh, what the difference is like uh, for mental health with men in the UK versus Australia. What what differences have you noticed? I think globally, across across so UK and Australia. I mean, a lot of the issues are similar. We, as you as you mentioned, suicide rates in men are very high, and the thing we're trying to really tackle is is especially in my role is reducing the risk of suicide within within men and I mean I've got some really cool some figures here about the Australia and Western Australia specifically because I know that you obviously are based in Western Australia but mm. um, in terms of are you talking about mental health in its general terms in the UK versus Australia or how it's kind of picked up in terms of, I know you mentioned there that um in the last few years, it's become a bigger, a bigger issue. I suppose people talk about it more. Anyway, it's more, it's more in the media and more spoken about than it used to be. Um, and I think that's a global thing. I think in, it, we're seeing that everywhere that mental health now is becoming something that people are aware of. That um, they're more likely to talk about the fact they have mental health issues. But there still, there still is a lot of stigma attached with it, and we're still struggling to get through those barriers, and especially within within men. And that's one, one of the reasons we really focus on 
making sure that um, men know how to talk about how they feel on a regular basis um, and that they've got a good friendship circle and friends around them because opening up and talking about mental health that you need you need you need people around you that understand and that are going to listen and that can help you to seek help or and to know when that is appropriate and I think that's what we're trying to do as an organisation build that environment but across the globe I would say that there is a, there's been a big shift around mental health as a the, as a really important part of our overall well-being so not just focusing on physically how we feel but uh, understanding how our mental health impacts on the whole of our well-being. Mm. Yeah, because it do, it certainly does um, impact your day-to-day life in a in a very invisible way sometimes because anxiety and depression they're not uh, immediately recognisable things. Um, so, mm. in your experience, how have you managed to guide people into understanding? Uh, how to best break down stigmas in mental health and discussing discussing mental health, especially with men, of course. I think we think one of the things we've been doing. We, you may have heard of our Speakeasy events, which we're holding across Australia this year. And um, if, if not, you can go onto our website, november.com forward slash Speakeasy. And one one of the aims of this event is to really help men understand how to start those conversations. I think a lot of this is about how do I open up, how do I help my friend. So if I'm having a mental health issue, I'm suffering from anxiety or depression, how do I talk about it in the first place? But also if I think my friend or partner or father or whoever in my life um, is going through something, how do I be there and help them to open up? Because one of the things we really want to encourage are those conversations. And one of the things that November and the moustache does is it starts a conversation. You know, you see a moustache on someone's face, oh, the part of November, you might ask them why they're doing it, what's the story? And I think it... It, it is for us, especially for men, really starting those conversations as, as, as key to reducing that stigma because the more we talk about it, the more acceptable it is for us, for us to talk about mental health issues. Um, I think also that there's, there's a, people have to know what to do. I think some people panic that, okay, if I ask the question about how someone's going and they say, I'm not going very well, they're not going to know what to do about that. How do I help that person? And it, it's not about them feeling they have to solve the problem it's about someone to listen and maybe guide them and, and know where to find help and one of the things obviously on our on november.com you can find that information about services that are available but but it's not not being afraid to have those conversations and, and being there to listen um, and help guide people yeah i think that's that's my experience at least especially with you know a day like are you okay day which i know some people have issues with because of it feels like it tokenizes uh, mental health in some regards. Well, some people feel it does. I, I think it's a very beneficial day because it, it certainly helps open up discussion about mental health. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, somebody says, are you okay? And then, you know, somebody responds saying, no, I'm not okay. And, and it's having the right tools to be able to actually help the person uh, when, you know, they say, no, I'm not okay. It's, you know, you can't provide a Band-Aid or anything like that, but you can at least be somebody to listen, you know, an ear to listen exactly. to and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think those are the things we try, we try to help people to break down because actually starting a conversation is very hard, especially when you're nervous yourself about the conversation. And I think, as you, as you said there, um, it, it's being, being able to listen, being able, for someone to know that you are going to be able to listen. But you want, that's a two-way thing. You need to... Obviously, people you build in your friendship circles, and there'll be times when you need support from others, and there'll be times when um, you need to support others as well. I think that's that's the kind of environment we're trying to create. And the Speakeasy events we held them last year in 
across Australia and they were really powerful because they really looked at some of the kind of gender stereotypes and misconceptions that men have of each other really that they feel that other guys don't share their emotions and don't open up when actually maybe they do or maybe they, they would love to do that if they were asked and their friends would ask some questions that would enable them or give them the space to do that. Mm. So I think it, it, if you can create that environment, that supportive environment, those those social opportunities, in a world where we kind of are becoming less and less um, physically connected as well, it's hard to create those things and I think they're really important moments. So obviously reaching out to someone, dropping them a text if you've not heard from them for a while, um, arranging to meet up for a drink, um, having a catch-up, they're really important parts of keeping in touch with each other and, and checking in on people. And we also, you may have heard of uh, May 8th, on May, May 8th, which is a November initiative to kind of spe- get prioritised spending some time, with, some time with your mates and catching up, maybe seeing someone you've not seen for a while and just reaching out really to check in. So, I mean, mates, are, you know, that that's a huge thing, organising and, as you're saying, talking with your mates and stuff like that. But one of the other aspects which I'm curious about is the intergenerational uh discussions that that people can have particularly fathers with sons and stuff like that mm-hmm. what is movember doing in that regard so we my actual in my portfolio in my my role i look after young men and fathers as the two spaces of the mental health and suicide prevention and so again we have we're, we're kind of looking at various pieces of work in australia and uh, specifically and one of them is a young men's program based on sport around sport and what we're doing here is looking at how do we use organized sport as a tool to help young men gain skills and knowledge in mental health. So understand that in a team environment, then when they can spot signs and symptoms of their teammates not performing as well or not feeling good, um, and, and being able to reach out and also help them get support. But in that actual program as well, what we do, what we do is work with the parents to help increase the knowledge of parents around what are signs and symptoms of anxiety, potential mental health problems, issues, that young men, young men would display. And so parents are more able to um, ask the right questions, start the conversations, but also not worry as much and, build, and also be able to build up the, the opportunity to say, okay, so you, I know you've been learning around um, mental health in, as part of uh, the game. Is it having the opportunity to bring those conversations up? And parents have said it's been really powerful because they've been able to start the conversation. It's given them a license to have a conversation around uh, mental health. But in that program as well, also working with coaches, so that the, the environment that a young person is playing in um, is supporting and reducing stigma. So that's an example of where we're trying to look at that, that young man, father, parenting role across. But we're also looking at in our father's portfolio, pieces of work that help fathers establish that bond from an early age, um, taking roles and responsibility in um, early, early, early years of raising children, but to have those relationships later in life obviously many people have great relationships but being able to feel comfortable to ask questions and to help each other out throughout like that journey i suppose of being a father and have been a son um, and how and how you can have those conversations and support each other yeah uh, I, I just want to sidetrack for two seconds it's unrelated to november for a moment but i'm curious as well because um Obviously, you've moved from the UK to Australia. Did you mm-hmm. enjoy AFL before you moved to Australia, or is that a new thing? <laughs> AFL, I, I absolutely love AFL. I never really, I never really watched it ever. Really, I came, I came on holiday. I've been on holiday a few times to Australia. I went to a couple of AFL matches and did enjoy it. 
but I'm a big Western Bulldogs fan, and I I am hooked on AFL to the point where when the season finished, I was very depressed at the end of the season because we had a bad season. But um, I go and watch all the games at the MCG I possibly can of whatever team. Um, but um, I love it, and it's a it's a great. I think what I love about AFL here, and again I'm sidetracking a bit now, but what I love about AFL more than other sports in the UK specifically is the whole family environment. Mm. Um, I know that in football, like as in soccer in the UK, fathers, sons do go to football, family, but there's a much more, the whole community goes, everybody goes, and the mixed family environment is just amazing. It's it's such a social um, and feel-good factor sport to be part of. I think that's why we're really excited about the work we're doing in, in sport in Australia is that we know that sport is such an important part of family life and that father and son relationship and the, the wider family relationship. And if we can build a supportive environment within sport, which is such an important part of Australian culture, um, the, a supportive environment around mental health, we know that that will spread out from the sport into the community. And, and that's one of the ways you want to influence in that space. Definitely. I, I agree with that. And look, I've been a lifelong Dockers supporter. So I, I, you know, they've, they've consistently failed every single year, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it, it opens up a whole bunch of interesting discussions, actually. It's interesting how you find discussion points in things that you probably didn't expect. And, and you know, one of those things for me is talking about the Dockers and how badly they've done and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when mm-hmm. your team's doing well, it does really affect how you actually feel and stuff like that. And as you're saying, you know, at the end of this year, the, the Bulldogs didn't do so crash hot, unfortunately. And uh, you feel defeated. You really do, even though you've actually, you know, all you've done is sat there and watch games, but you feel defeated. <laughs> I mean, I, I was very proud because I went to watch them play Richmond at the G and we nearly won the game. It was so close. It was so, so close. And I think I've always been an underdog supporter. I've, I've always, I know the Bulldogs won the Premier Super a couple of years ago, but I think this season and last season they didn't do, do that well. And I think for me, your team losing is, is bad. My team at home in England are doing really badly. My football team, my soccer team, doing really badly at the minute, and that is really depressing. But um, I think it's still there is that sense of being part of part of something, and mm. even in bad times and good times, good times you can really celebrate and enjoy. But um, the hard times are also also equally good because it pulls you together a bit more as a community. I think as a, as a set of fans. So um, yeah, ups and downs of sport definitely have an impact on life, I think. Mm. In that regards as well, just keeping with football for a moment, I, I, I find it interesting and I'm, I'm really, um, I don't know if proud is the right word, but I'm impressed with the, the footballers who have come out in the past few years talking about their mental health problems and talking yep. about the, the issues that they're dealing with. How important is that for breaking down stigma? It's, it's got to be really important, it- I imagine. It's, it's huge. I don't know if you saw some of the um, courageous conversations where, that we launched with the AFL Players Association yeah. a couple of months ago, but that, I mean, some of that is, I think, is, is priceless in terms of really helping to understand that um, just talking about issues that you're facing in your life have a, has a massive impact, it's a massive release, and it gives you the opportunity to to, um, to seek help. And I think having having players and stars at that level um, being bold enough to share those experiences really helps others to understand how they could do the same thing. And we know that, especially in my portfolio areas around young men, that young men really want to hear people like AFL players, football stars, 
talking about problems because that's that's who they aspire and aspire and look up to. And in a way, if we can start those conversations in that space, it will have a massive impact on reducing that stigma in sport generally. Because I think, you know, the idea is that you should need to go out on that pitch and perform every week. And you're going to be amazing because you're really skilled and really talented physically. But obviously, if you're not mentally in the game because of stuff going on, on the outside of your life, it really shows clearly how life affects how we perform in the workplace, how we perform, in it, how we are with our families and our friends, and some of the ways you can maybe spot those signs and symptoms. And having those stars talk about it really helps to reduce that stigma. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think it's been it's been immensely uh, important from from my perspective. I I have uh, anxiety and depression and. You know, certainly seeing people who, as you're saying, they're elite footballers and they're talking about their day-to-day experiences with mental illness. And I think that's really powerful. It says a lot and, you know, it helps break down that, you know, they're not, they're just human. You know, they're not, you know, they may be doing some pretty extraordinary stuff on a football field, but they are still human people. And they, they have emotions and feelings exactly like everybody else. They're no different than everybody else. And it makes it, uh, just that little bit easier be like you know what i'm going to get through today perfectly fine it's going to be okay so yeah i i really like that series i thought it was fantastic and and that's one of the things i like about movember is you guys do all these really interesting things that help you know create awareness it's not just hey guys try and grow a mustache for one month and you know raise some money kind of thing the discussion is year round um so for you how difficult is that to come up with new things and, and encourage that kind of discussion all year round? I think we, we have an amazing November community of which you are part of and you, you they're, they're out there talking about November, talking about the work we do, sharing those messages. Um, I think that, that is part of what, what has been created with November over the last 15 years is this amazing community of supportive individuals. And, you know, we've, met, we've got some November ambassadors that work out across Australia, um, really raising awareness of, of what we're doing continually around. And I think that, like you say, it's a really important part of this because whilst November is our campaign, fundraising campaign, every November, um, our work continues year-round and through all the different projects and programs that we deliver nationwide, um, our work is continually being done every day. And I think some people, I often get asked the question, okay, you work for November, what to do the rest of the year as in <laughs> I think it's always a funny one because I feel like the rest of the year probably just as tough if not tougher than November is a hard one obviously because it's a big deal for our organization but we are working continually around the year delivering programs evaluating success understanding what what works and trying to learn and push out those learnings so whether that's sharing what doesn't work because obviously as, as an organization we take bold decisions and do really different projects to try and reach uh, and do things differently we're trying to you know be innovative and be game changers and make an impact on mental health but we also need to share what works and what doesn't work so other people can learn from that and it's a really exciting place to work and a really exciting organization with a really amazing supportive community of individuals that want by fundraising for us that want us to make a difference and i think that's there that they're our voice year round that really pushes out across the community, uh, communities and how important is it as well that um obviously there's the mo bros but then the mo sisters as well how important is it to get oh. women involved too i mean our mo sisters are inspirational so whether they're uh running the 60k um challenge the, the move challenge and raising money from november that way or 
um, organising um, and hosting November events or just getting involved with supporting the organisation in general, they're a huge part of the, the work we do. Um, I don't know if you know about the three different ways that people can get involved with November, but basically, obviously, you can grow the moustache um, and fundraise that way. As I said, you can do the Move Challenge, which is running or walking 60K over the, the month of uh, November. Or you can also host events. Or you could do a mixture of all those things. You don't have to do one. You could do everything, but host events. So put on a, a barbecue uh, or a, um, a beach party or whatever you want to do and invite friends along. Um, for a small donation and raise fundraise that way. So there's lots of ways people can get involved and the whole community is, is part of that. So men, women, everybody. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's great because last year at work, I... Um, you know, everybody sees that I usually have a beard all year round. So when November comes along and I'm telling you, you know, first of November, <laughs> I've got change. a clean face. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets the it gets the uh, the workplace excited and they're like, oh, yeah, OK, no worries. And then they all get donating and stuff like that. But I mentioned because uh, quite a few of the women in the workplace last year were very much like, oh, you know, it's a shame we can't grow a mustache. And I'm like, it doesn't mean that you can't you know participate there are still ways you can participate and i i pointed them to the website and and certainly i you know a couple of them are running uh campaigns and stuff like that this year which is fantastic um you know it's is always a way to get involved which is really good um yeah. just changing tack for a second i'm i'm curious obviously there's a focus on youth and uh you know, young guys with mental health and, and talking about their uh, issues and stuff like that. But I'm curious about elderly men in Australia. Uh, what kind of programs or uh, incentives or, you know, ideas are, are bouncing around regarding um, elderly folks who are dealing with uh, mental health problems and, and suicide prevention for them? Yep. So we, we work across the, the, obviously, the age range, life, the life course of being a man from, from young to old. Um, a lot of our, some of our examples of our projects could be uh, men's sheds, which bring men together um, to like focus on something. So it could be like um, repairing bikes or um, making pies. We've got a pie club in uh, the UK, for example, which is uh, a new one of our new innovations where men come together to make pies. And those those kind of um, initiatives are all about social connectivity. And as we get older, we tend to have less opportunities to be socially connected with each other, uh, often because we, throughout our lives we might move around, move away from family, lose friends. Um, and keeping those social connections is really important. But we also know that men sometimes struggle to form new friendships later in life. So having a reason to get together with a group, having a reason to go and do something, and it doesn't, it's not, you're not going there for a mental health intervention you go in there because you enjoy doing something and it just happens that there's a group of people there that you can have conversations with, check in with and support and it, it's a really great way of creating um, social environments for men um, throughout, the, throughout their later lives. So that's one of, one of the initiatives we're doing but also again it's the general messaging around um, how to, encouraging conversation and talking to each other and that, that goes across multi-generational lines so you know Young young men can talk to older men, and sons can talk to their fathers, and vice versa. So, vice versa, and also, um, you know, wives, partners, you know, anyone in the community creates that environment of conversation to build that social those social networks, um, which are really really vital across life, but also definitely when you're when you're slightly older. Mm. It's it's really important, and I think that that's 
from my perspective at least it's it's been the harder part of talking you know with my grandfather at least about his mental health and things like that and you know he's 90 years old now and being able to talk about his how he's feeling and things like that has been slightly difficult in regards to the fact that you know he comes from a generation which may not be as as open about how they're feeling and things like that but coaxing those kinds of uh, discussions out of him has been really important and and helping him open up about how he's feeling and certainly uh, it's been something that I've been helping him with for the past few years and and I hope it's been helpful for him I think it has been but it's mm-hmm. it's important at least uh, as you're saying you know that we have these kinds of discussions you know having a look over all of the the different people working with the organization you know it's a multifaceted thing and so you're all working on different areas and and that's the thing is that mental health and prostate cancer and testicular cancer and things like that they're all you know they've got their own subsets and stuff like that so it's it's really fascinating um yeah definitely definitely and it crosses i mean for example the indigenous populations work and what our young men's programs they will they'll be reaching out across the across the country and what we're trying to do is ensure that we have these layers that reach out into all communities um, and as you mentioned, because we have so many different pieces of work going on across the across Australia, but also globally, um, we're really lucky to have a lot of really talented people working with us to deliver those pieces of work and work with the right individuals to reach out to communities that are most affected by poor, poor health in men, um, and, and that's what we're really focused on. Hmm. No, I, I, yeah, it's again one of the reasons why I like uh, engaging with this particular with this with Movember. It's fantastic. It's it's nice to see this kind of thing. Um, so let's talk about moustaches for a second there, because yep. on your profile you've got the Freddie Mercury is your choice. Why why the <laughs> Freddie Mercury? What what well, led you I to think, choose I think that one? <laughs> my my moustache is a very it's a very thick and full moustache. It's very it's, it kind of doesn't do anything else, and and for in many ways I've tried to try and do, make it do different things, but it works for me. But also, um, I just love the whole. Freddie's style and the way that he rocked the moustache and I think this year is especially interesting with Bohemian Rhapsody the film coming out with already out now and now in the month of November pushing Freddie into the limelight of being a, a moustache bearing man um, uh, I, and I just love that, that mo I think the, that mo or the rock star are definitely my types of, uh, of moustache what 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 mo are you going to rock this year? Have you decided? Um, well, I mean, usually I do something different. So I've done uh, a motorcycle one. I've done the monkey tail as well, which was wow, very entertaining <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> uh, I I set a goal for that one. I said, you know, if I can get up to a thousand dollars, then I'll I'll grow a monkey tail one. And uh, I got up there, so that was very good for that year. I was really pleased with that. Uh, but I think I'm just going to go for a basic moustache this year uh look very uh humble and 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 regular maybe i'll go for the freddie mercury um but usually i i tend to just go for something uh basic <laughs> well the Fred, the freddie was definitely my go-to but as my as my facial hair get a bit grayer than it was before it's losing its impact because the uh the freddie was quite dark dark and uh styled in terms of coloring mm. so um yeah, as I'm going grey, it doesn't look quite as effective. But um, I might, I might mix it up this year. I want to see what happens. Yeah, see what the growth like because it's that midpoint of mid-November when you get enough enough of the the hair there to try and work out what you can style it into. So, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing where it ends up, and uh, I'm looking forward to checking yours out as well. When once you get to that point. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate in the sense that it doesn't take me long to grow facial hair. So uh, it's, you know, I actually have a pretty full moustache at the end of November. And I feel sorry for the guys who, who really try <laughs> and grow something, you know, but at least they're doing that. That's the main thing, uh, you know, <laughs> getting out there and growing well, something. <laughs> there, was a, there was a great, one of our colleagues in the UK last year, they, they, they struggled to grow a mo, so they did something a bit different and they, they got themselves as a challenge to to raise some money they had a spray tan and stuck a mustache on uh, just over their mow and spray tan their whole body in a dark dark tanning <laughs> color just, just as a publicity stunt because they couldn't grow the mustache hair um but uh that was an extreme way of, of getting around that um but yeah great those hairs can take a while to to come back after they get shaved off but luckily for you if you're, if you're a quick grower that's it that means you've got more chance to style it into something epic Exactly. Well, that that you know, when I did the the monkey tail, it was this was a few years ago, but it was um, it, it was quite substantial at the end of it. It it uh, certainly you know when you have something like that it encourages a lot of discussion. They're like, why on earth are you doing that? And I'm like, well, I'm doing it because of this, <laughs> and uh, so it opens up discussion. I, I'm curious, have you seen any other ones over the past years that have really stuck out as being a favourite one, uh, or what kind of style has been something that you've been like? That's really impressive and unique. Well, I see. I love the handlebar, and I also I think uh, that is one of my favourite. And the wisp, I'd love to, have to do the wisp, but my my facial hair does not allow that wispiness. Mm. And again, I think it, it it you are limited by the style, the type of hair that grows out of that, your upper lip is that it really pushes your boundaries about what you can do in terms of the moustache. Um, but I'm definitely. I would handlebar could work for I would be going for that one, but I would my most envious one of the people that could do the wisps or the curl up ends. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but that that's one I'd love to try and achieve. Yeah, my my, my, hair, and, my hair certainly doesn't do that, but it it really is very impressive when it happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but on on November dot com we've got like a, a November mustache guide. So if if people want to have a look at the different types they can do, they can go ahead to our website November dot com and check that out as well. And give it get some inspiration on some of the different types of mustache to grow yeah and there's a lot on there there's is heaps that really like i always look at it at the beginning i'm like oh maybe i'll do this and maybe i'll do that so you know there's a lot of inspiration there it's fantastic to see um yeah, look, I, I really appreciate having taken up a bunch of your time. It's been a great discussion. Um, as I said at the beginning, if there's anything in particular that you want people to take away from this year's Movember campaign, um, what is that one thing that you want them to take away from it? I think this year, get, getting registered, so heading to Movember.com, signing up, taking part in whichever way that, that is, so whether it's growing a mo supporting someone who's growing a mow um, if you want to do the move challenge so moving those 60 kilometers walk or run over the month or host, a, host an event get together with a group of friends put on an amazing event have some fun doing good basically and join the November train as we go through this month because it's a, it's a great month to get involved and do something good for men's health so that's what I would be saying to people this month Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Owen, for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been a great discussion. I know that everybody's going to be really interested to hear about what Movember uh, does and, and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of questions uh, that people have and, and things like that that I get asked during the, the month. And I'll be able to say, look, besides the website, you can also check this out as well. So, yeah, thank you very much cool. for your time. No worries. Small things. An honest conversation. Your smile. Being for real. 
They're meaningful, impactful things that have potential to change not only a man's health, but change the truth. We can stop men dying too young by raising funds, awareness, and importantly, raising conversation. Help Movember raise funds to make a difference in a man's life. Do something good at Movember.com. Thank you again to Owen for his time chatting about Movember and most importantly, chatting about mental health and suicide prevention for men. It's a pretty serious thing. It's a major thing that I think that uh, certainly needs to be opened up and discussed more. And again, as I play in that clip at the beginning of the episode, you know, just talking about stigma isn't actually breaking down stigma. We need to encourage discussions between, you know, family members, between mates, uh, between, you know, your husband, your wife, your father, your son, your best mate, or your colleague even at work. I know already today is the 1st of November and I'm clean shaven and I'm already growing my moustache. I'm already excited for, for this particular month. But I've already had multiple discussions about Movember and it's really exciting. I like this. I, I love this time of the year because, you know, as I touched on, I, I do have feelings about Are You OK Day? But I, I am really passionate about Movember because it's a cause which allows me to talk about prostate cancer testicular cancer and men's mental health now there's no reason why i can't do that for the rest of the year uh, of course um but at least there's a dedicated month for it and certainly everybody has gotten into the habit of knowing that hey it's november that guy's got a clean shaven face on the first of november so maybe he's doing movember and people know that they can have a discussion about it. It's really exciting. I, I love it. I love this time of year. And hopefully uh, you will love supporting me with my goal of reaching $500 uh, for Movember. Head over to mobro.co forward slash the curb AU. Again, the link is in the show notes. Be fantastic if you dropped, you know, as little as a dollar on there. Uh, helps me get to my goal of $500. Be really, really great. And look, if you've got any questions about Movember that you're really interested to find out about, then hit me up, thecurbau at gmail.com. I will hopefully be talking to Owen again before the end of the month uh, as a bit of a catch-up to talk about, um, A, how my campaign has gone, but also how the month of Movember has gone for Movember Australia. Uh, because, I, you know, it's a cause which I care about, and I'd like to chat to him about it a little bit further. So if you've got any questions that you want answered, uh, please hit me up, the curb at gmail.com and I will pose it to him when he when I chat to uh, him or somebody else from November later in the month. Um, please also follow me on social media, the Curb AU on Facebook and the Curb AU on Twitter. And if you want to listen to previous episodes or read reviews or articles or anything like that, head over to thecurb.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. I really really appreciate it. And uh, also. Hey, let me know about what you think of uh, that that theme song there at the beginning. Um, It's a bit shabby, I know. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Curb. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Get great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Safeway. Head into Safeway and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. 
Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary.